Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, welcome to Marketing Made Easy, the Get Savvy Club podcast. I'm Anita Baldwin and I'm here with my co-host Anna Geary. Hey Anna, how are you doing? Really good, thank you very much. We're recording this like at the end of a day, aren't we? Yeah, so I'm actually looking like, quite dark. Thank God so it's, it's a bit weird for you to say like, how you doing? And I think, well, you should know because I've like been with you all day. Well, not even physically been with you, but you know, like on Zooms. <laughs> we have we had a bit of a busy day today, haven't we? And um, I haven't even had time to eat that much. So I've got, you know, like that slightly manic feel because I've got to get some food. So let's power through this because it's the only thing standing between me and a massive plate of Mexican food. Is that what are you doing? Going to Mexican? Yeah. Oh, lovely. No. I think we're going out to have something to eat as well. So I don't think it's going to be Mexican. I don't know yet. Anyway, it's going to be food, and it's that's the main thing. So today, <laughs> uh, today the guest episode, um, like it's really hard surname to say, um, but I get, gave a good go at it. But I need to think she's better at saying it than me. So I'll let her say the name. Well, no, you said, why don't you do this one? And then you can't help yourself, can you? I know. I just jumped in, and then as I started talking, I thought, no. <laughs> Let me just tell you this first, right? Yeah. Because we, we're looking, because Anita didn't realise that our podcast is actually on Amazon as well. It is one of the ones that is Audible. On, but, I didn't realise it was on yeah, Audible. You can access it through Audible. And I needed to look at, at that to see about, because we were speaking to another woman about something else that we're doing, that's something else exciting that's coming. I had it turned down because I was just her. looking to see if I could find it to then tell her about it and stuff. And I didn't realise, I would obviously it was playing, um, but I'd, it was turned down so I didn't hear it. After we'd come off that call with that, I, I turned my phone up and it was like my own voice speaking I know I'm not a slow talker anyway I'm quite fast but it was so fast and I thought oh my god I didn't realize I spoke that first but actually when I can one and a half uh, yeah I consume one more so that's what the setting was on it was just the weirdest thing and I, I just couldn't re- realize where it was coming from either I was like what's that Why <laughs> you're like am I talking how do I not know I'm talking I shouldn't know if I was talking yeah exactly but you're looking at it, we don't we don't actually speak that fast because that would be worrying anyway continue. so today uh we've got an awesome guest we've got Daria Voda Pianova I think um anyway she says it better weirdly um and uh, yeah. Daria has got a business that helps people who have businesses want to be leaders or are leaders are experts in their field and they just want to like take that further so it's about she talks a lot about having like a and actually this really attracted Anna having a Broadway show that you take on the road how to get on different stages how to build authority and how to step into like your legacy products and it's awesome stuff really interesting for us so if you've got any kind of online business or you want to be an authority in what you do then this is definitely the episode worth listening to so without further ado let's get into it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe first of all thank you for having me so great to reconnect after clubhouse uh, life we had together two years ago <laughs> i'm co-founder of the thought leadership academy with my partner life partner and business partners we've been uh, working with training and coaching for the last 12 years. And we are specialized in thought leadership development for conscious, bright, mission-driven leaders, founders. So the best in the industry, we are looking for the experts and we make them the stars of their industry. So that's what we do. We work with conscious, 
very much impact-driven entrepreneurs. For us, value is very important. And we help them to get on stage, to package premium offers, and also get to work on the self-leadership it actually requires to run an impact-driven expert business. What you said there, because you, you actually work with your life partner as well, don't you? How, yes. Like, has that always been the case? Did you work together before you got together? Which way around was Do it? Do you still like him? <laughs> <laughs> well, 12 years in, it's kind of, yeah. So I have always been an entrepreneur. I come from a non-entrepreneurial family, but I have always had this drive. And I met my mentor when I was 17. She was a woman with... The business, she started from scratch, single mother, 23 years old. She grew it to 200 employees and I was mentored by her for almost uh, four years. Mm. And I worked for her and I grew into running five offices for her by the age of 21 while studying European law. So I've always been very creative and I always loved. When I came into the world of entrepreneurship, that was basically what I wanted to do. It was, there's nothing else I can do because it's who I am. It's, a, it's my second skin somehow. So when I met Sebastian, funny enough, he was not entrepreneurial. He was, he was an IT engineer. He was not really into the whole thing with business. He had this idea that it was really profit-centered and so, and I kind of converted him into loving entrepreneurship. So now he's as involved as me and he saw this side of it that is about people first and the purpose bringing value to the world that maybe if you come from a world where, you know, the corporate has been like what you've seen as role models for entrepreneurship. I came from Sweden. I grew up in Stockholm. It's a very entrepreneurial town. So I saw the value that entrepreneurs were bringing. So I brought him in and he loved it. And we started the company together. We had the language school for five years in France. And then we moved over to working with uh, thought leadership because we, we needed that ourselves. He speaks 12 languages. So we had to create a method well, for him. Yes. Cool. <laughs> yes. So we what does he speak? Uh, well, all the European language, let's say. And then uh, he speaks also some, some Turkish, some, some um, Indonesian. Well, I don't remember Romanian, Serbian. Swedish, Greek, Russian. Uh, yeah, so those languages. So because of us starting this school together, him getting invited to speak at TEDx and it just took off. Like he has probably 400,000 views on that first one he did. We didn't know how to deal with it. And I had to sit down and really reflect on how do you build a business around the method? If you have a methodology that you're an expert in, you're different in the industry, you're not doing the things like everyone else are doing, how do you build a business around your knowledge? So we developed the skills and now we teach other people how to do it. Awesome. So how long ago was that then? I, I am always uh, not sure. 2014 was when he did the TEDx. Mm. And what did he do that on? The language methodology we had developed. That was the first TEDx. He has done four. I have done two. TEDx has become a big part of you know the work that we do in terms of not so much the TEDx itself, but finding your legacy topic. And because legacy is really what it is about when it comes to being on a stage like TEDx. So that's what you help other people to do, find their legacy topic, which is what I think you mean their passion. So we help them with three parts. We help them to become transformational speakers, really great professional speakers who are the best in the industry in terms of not, I call it going from a PowerPoint presenter to a transformational speaker. It's really about throwing away the PowerPoint and becoming who you are on stage and becoming the best, the best of the best. Like Lady Gaga is the best, you know, in her <laughs> thing, like see yourself as Lady Gaga. You go on that stage, you transform lives. That's what we do. So we help them to create the business of speaking and we help them to really understand how the industry works 
and that they actually are not just a speaker um, like by accident, but they actually have a strategic approach to how to develop their speaking career. And then we do premium offers. So on the back end of the speaking, we leverage that with really amazing offers that are the continuation of their legacy topics. And then we do the leadership development because by the time they have that first and second pillar working, they need to also develop the skills of holding wealth, holding teams, holding bigger communities. And then we work on the leadership for them. So do you help with uh, like the nuts and bolts of the structure of what makes a good talk? Yes, we call it the four seasons of speaking. So we approach it from how do you build out your embodiment of your talk? Like what do you actually talk about? And then we build out the topics, we build out the speaker profiles, we build out the talks, legacy talks um, together. Sebastian is really good at that. He's trained so many speakers in that. And then I do the strategic part as well with how do you work with event organizers? And now I turned down five speaking engagement this week. I'm almost speaking every day already. Just like It just gets into that rhythm after when you know how to do it. So we, treat, yeah. we teach people how to be on the right stages, how to work with event organizers, how to follow up, how to leverage that, all of it. Once you've done the circuit once, so, so you've done one particular type of event, you've done a good job at it or somebody's seen something, and then that's when people are coming back to you asking you to go back again or somebody's pointing somebody in your direction as well and saying, actually, you need to speak to Daria. Yeah, uh, yes, it, it's a bit like that. And what I would say is that in general, when it comes to working with, as an expert, it's not the mainstream marketing. We don't do mainstream marketing. We don't do the traditional approach to marketing. It's really about elegance. There's an elegance to the way we do this because when you're a speaker, you're not pitching yourself. You're not coming and say, hey, what can I get out from your event? You learn to work with event organizers. You learn to really position yourself as the right speaker for their event. You know how to develop speaker contracts. You know how to develop your pricing, how to do follow up, like all that kind of stuff we'd also go into. I love that part. And Sebastian, that's more of the, how are you on the stage? Like what how do you say show up? And how to, yeah, what yeah. to say, how to, how to throw away that PowerPoint and really find yourself on stage, have fun. Because the thing is- yeah. Not just you, be like you, a rabbit in the headlights. Like for me, I didn't know who I was as a speaker until I got on that stage. You know, you cannot know who you are before you're doing it. So it's also finding yourself on that stage. Like, who am I? Am I funny? Am I calm? Am I shy? Like, am I really moving my hands a lot? Like, who am I? Oh, I do that, yeah. Do you get nervous speaking? Yes, of course. We all get nervous speaking, especially when I go when we go on the bigger stages. This week I'm, I'm coaching, uh, well, I'm mentoring five to 700 women in tech leaders and 200 mentors in the women in tech program as a lead mentor. And of course I'm nervous, but I'm not nervous about myself. I'm nervous of getting my message through, you know? Yeah. And it's also it's a bit like excitement and nerves are similar thing as well, aren't they? I'm always want to do my best because I see it. If I'm going to spend time with some people who are, they could be with their parents, they could be with their partner, they could be with their child, you know, they choose to be with me. I rather do my best work. And that's how I see the art of public speaking. Like, it's nothing to be proud of to say, I just show up like this, you know? I really think that it's an art form and the best speakers, they take it seriously when it comes to preparation. And that's why they're the best. Do you know, that's a really good point that they're choosing not to do other things and to be there listening to you. So the least yeah. you can do is take it very seriously and, you know, give it your all. Yeah, mm. have fun. And I mean, I see it like someone 
who is an actor or a singer or someone who is you know creating a show on the stage if you yes. would see your favorite artist you they will not just show up in pajama like yeah wherever i'm gonna be here they're doing their best they have people working with it that's why you want to be coached as well you know we have public speaking coaching voice training strategic approach like all that is what we do because i see it as an showman or showwoman like it's a great yeah. show you have the, the support you're not going to do that alone you need someone who knows what you're doing who can see it from outside who can give you feedback yeah you you're just improve. the actor aren't you you're just the puppet there you need like decent directors around you a decent script um yes the message yes. needs to be strong so although you might in your head know your message and know what you want to portray having people around you to help you hone it and make it what it needs to be is super important but here's the thing though i feel that there are two approaches to it because in one way do your best in the other time it's also about don't take it too seriously because sometimes like one of the things that i want for the industry is that our vision is to impact the industry enough that we can bring up the amount of professional female speakers in the industry i would like yeah. you to see at 50 percent at least in industries like women in tech sometimes it's 19 percent in some countries 10 percent it's so low so it's also about saying one is get on that stage. The stage is for everybody. Don't take it so seriously. Get up, speak, you know, on podcasts, go on social, wherever, and just get on the stage, meetups everywhere. But if you want to be a professional speaker, then like, like that's the next step. If you're already yeah. speaking and you want to be a professional speaker, that's really where we focus with when we work with people. It's about taking that extra step of becoming the best of what you can do for yourself and for your audience. And that's the only way you can like command money for those speaking gigs as well, because actually when you get into the world of entrepreneurship and you find out that actually there are lots of different places you can speak, it's easier than people sometimes think that it is if, if you just you just ask people or whatever, but to get to that level where you're professional, you're actually getting paid and you can actually turn speaking gigs down is is a different thing, isn't it? Again, it's a choice. Like for me, speaking is leverage, it's impact. It's about if I want to be able to impact X amount of people, like my goal this year or my goal, my mission and, and intention is to impact directly 10,000 leaders. That means that I cannot do it by doing one-on-one. -on -one. It's impossible. Yeah. We had 24 hours. If I want to impact, and when I mean impact, it's touch someone's heart, not just like they see something and they like, like it. I want someone to feel something when they hear me speak. Therefore, I need to find ways to do that. And therefore, speaking for me is a great leverage point. It's about allowing yourself to leverage that in the best proactive way and not by accident. You know, like, oh, yeah. I just happened to speak again. Like, how do you actually proactively build out that as an asset in your business? Yeah. So let's talk about being paid to speak then, because I think that's interesting. How easy is it to start to be paid to speak and how much can like the average person expect to earn? And, you know, up to what are the limits, really? So that's a very interesting question, because what we are actually looking at is how can much can you leverage a speaking engagement? I've had speaking engagement when I was paid one thousand five hundred. And on the back end, I made 50,000. For me, and for how we approach speaking, it's sometimes better not to be paid for a speaking engagement if you can leverage that. Yeah, if you're so in front of the right people that you can then pitch to, yeah. 
Yeah. So it's more interesting to get in the right networks. And if you are working with leaders or if you're working with this specific industry, if they are in universities, if they are, you know, the right stages are sometimes more important. Now, if you want to get paid as a speaker, there are two approaches to that. One is to be paid. Like, okay, you're getting on the stage to see in general in Europe, you're paid less than the US. And I mean, you can be anything that can start at 500, but 1,500 to 5,000, 10,000, whatever. But what I find more interesting is the second approach. It's really about having an upfront, you know, of course, something that is worth for you to, to spend your day on, but they leverage what we do in our premium offers when we do work with, you know, really creating an upsell and, and a smooth, very nice approach from, which is elegant from the speaking engagement to the whole ecosystem of your offers. That's what that's what's really interesting. And there, there you have a lot of potential. You can have with one client, you can go anything from 10,000 to 100,000. It doesn't really matter. It, it's about, can you build out an ecosystem when you get in with that specific talk? Is it coherent with your offers? And how, what is your upsell? And the thing is, to be honest, a lot of professional speakers don't always have it because their offer is the, the, the paid speaking engagement. We want to yeah. take it a step further, which actually is, yes, get paid and leverage that. Because basically what you're losing otherwise is all the upsells, which can be maybe much, much more. Yeah. So for everyone listening who, you know, might have had an opportunity to go on a podcast or even to do, you know, like just doing your, your 10 minute in a networking meeting, it can be really daunting for people that have never spoken before. So what are, you know, like your practical two or three tips of how to be better and more captivating when you're doing that? I guess that many of your audience are having their own business or they're mm. using speaking for for their business. What's yes. really important is to have a clear pathway between their, their talk or their presentation and their offers. And you might think that that's simple and, and clear, but many times there's not a clear understanding of why we speak about one thing and what we sell on the back end. So what I would suggest is to create a legacy topic, which is basically a Broadway show that you run with the whole year. So I have a specific umbrella topic with this thought leadership, which is basically, I'm always talking about that for the last three years, that's my topic. And then I have three subtopics when it comes to talks or workshops that can be either on speaking, on premium offers, or on oral leadership, which is directly interlinked with my three programs. You see? So when I come on the stage, I have a specific topic that is linked to my specific ecosystem of offers and services. So if someone is listening to this and watching this, I suggest that you really look into, do you have your key topic? Not that you recreate every time, but this is your Broadway show. You're running with it. You're improving the, uh, you're improving the stories. You're improving, you know, all these things that you're doing on stage. Is the pathway clear from when you get off stage? Where do, to, where do you take people after? Like, how do they go? And how easy it is for them to actually do something with you? And what about coping with nerves? Because I know that lots of our clients are like, you know, scared shitless often when they have to get up and talk. So, yeah, just even trying to get them to do like a live, for example. Like yeah. on like Facebook is like tough. Uh, sometimes, actually, I think that's people... Uh, Interesting, there's people that will happily speak live at events, but are really, really scared of pressing the live button on Facebook, which is kind of strange. But um, yeah, we do have people that are right at that level where they're like worried about going out and speaking. 
So what would you say to them? I would say that you will worry as long as you make it about you. I can be nervous. I can be tired. I can be feeling like I'm not in the mood. But then I will sit and down and say, why do I do this? And I realized that I do it for myself, for the young girl that didn't see the role models out in the world. I do it for the conscious leadership that I want to bring to the industry. I do it for all the women who don't see role models who are female leaders. I do it for all the people who are undervaluing their effort. And, you know, if I realize that I'm doing it for myself, for all my community to be a good role model and for the future generations, it's not about me. I'm just... Yeah a messenger. I'm just mm. here to be part of a puzzle that is creating a better world. So if I see something that I don't like in the world, or if I don't want to create more disconnection on social media or whatever, if I want to bring more of the values of connection and purpose and mission and improve conscious leadership, which is a really big topic for me, then I want to add my piece to the puzzle of creating that together with other conscious leaders. So if you turn it around and you think that yeah. you are not on the stage, that actually they are on the stage and you're yeah. watching them and you're doing it for them, you'll forget yourself. You'll forget yeah. yourself. Yeah, I love that. It's interesting you say that because we had a conversation with one of our clients actually uh, only yesterday. Um, how she was saying, because um, as we're recording this now, it's like March 2022 and um, all the stuff's kicking off, obviously in Ukraine and whatnot. And she said she worries sometimes about showing up like going out with her posts about her thing because her thing seems so trivial in comparison mm. to obviously what's going on in the world and we said a similar thing to her about that which is like actually what you bring to the world isn't it's not bullshit it's not useless it's stuff that helps improve other people's lives so no you unfortunately with the work that you do you're not going to be able to um save the, the world and the planet and stop putin but you might be able to impact or help your clients so you not going out it's not going to stop that and it's not going to happen then it, it's just going to not help anybody either so actually still turn up still show up and, and don't worry about that stop thinking about yourself and what's going on in the world and how you can add value to all the people that you can add value to which is a similar sort of thing i guess it's great advice but i would say even like for the ones who are um i don't know when this is going to be published but if it's in the moment when you're still thinking can i publish now can i share my content what i've been saying to our community is that if you feel that your message is, you know, feeling off right now, like, oh, is it too superficial? Well, actually, it's a good question to ask yourself, can I go deeper with my mission? If you're feeling like I'm not giving the whole story, like for me, when I was doing LinkedIn strategies, for me, I had more to give. So when I start to teach thought leadership, which is get out there and share your mission and like add value, my message is always important even more today, like sharing your voice, having an embodied business, it's always important. So if you're feeling that there's a disconnection between your business and deeper mission, take another step to like, can I embody this message even more? And in the same time, what helps a lot is to have a higher communication. So if you can bring more values in your business, like what do you stand for? Like I stand for female empowerment, leadership, more women on stage, people actually making money with what they do so they don't have to worry, like actually stepping into your power. Well, it's always gonna be relevant, right? So my values are guiding my content and it doesn't become so short-sighted somehow. Lose the, you lose the ego as well then, don't you? It's why I think sometimes it's quite uh, egotistical of people when they don't show up 
whether it's social media or talking or whatever, because they think like the world is revolving around them and everybody cares about them. And it's like, they don't care. They honestly don't care. If you go live and it messes up, yeah, somebody might laugh or somebody might say something. But overall, like get out of your own way, you know, just move, like move forward. And that's the thing where we do in the leadership part is do you run your own life or do you let other validate you and tell you what to do? If yeah. you're running your life thinking, oh, I should not do it because somebody will think, well, to be honest, yes, they will or they will not, but who cares? Yeah. And you'll probably never know because we think these things, but no one ever says it to you because, you know, it's not the done thing, is it? Yeah. Well, they rarely say it to you when get the odd keyboard warrior, but, you know, again, that's who cares. Or it's, a family member, but sometimes that's out of their fear more than anything else. It's also all the, the triggers, right? It's it's not them speaking. Sometimes it's our fear. It's sometimes it's like feeling that we are not good enough. There's mm. It's also like understanding, having empathy for people feeling things when they see us, like as you grow into your leadership, you will trigger people, not because you want to, but because the fact that they haven't healed something in them. So therefore your representation of maybe yeah. their sister or their mother, you don't even know who you're, you know, and they can get angry yeah. on you for yeah. no reason, you think. But they have a story with, you know, their father when they were 15 that reminded them, you know, you reminded them of that situation and now they get triggered on you. We don't know what's going on in their minds. If we understand that, which is traumas and triggers and how people react to content or leadership or power in Western society is money and power. Um, it's not things we talk about in many families or in education. So like, you know, making millions or having big audiences or like, who are you to speak about yourself? Who are you to, you know, be on that yeah. stage? It's all about reprogramming. So you will become, by the fact that you step into your power, you will become a trigger for some. And if you can be that and let them heal and trust that they can heal through the fact that you are just doing what you're doing, It's actually going to help them. I think one of the most empowering things I always think is it's not my job to fix you, <laughs> whoever that might yeah. be. And so, you know, it's your job to fix yourself. So I'm just going to let you get on with that. And I think the other thing is, if you're worried what people think of you, then actually what you must be doing is projecting your own insecurities and thinking that they're thinking that because you can't possibly know what anyone thinks of you because it's inside their head. So for you to imagine that's negative, that's got to be your own insecurities being projected onto them, hasn't it? And that's okay because mm. we all have insecurities and mm -hmm. we all, all have triggers. And that's something that I want to add that the last, let's say, one, two years with, with COVID, I really took the time to understand how traumas and triggers impact our decision making as leaders and it's a lot so if you understand that well every time you get triggered by someone you see someone on social and they're like oh why they're doing that or you get you know you feel disempowered by the power by someone else or you're feeling like i'm not good enough or pricing whatever it all has to do with yourself and if you can start to distangle the spaghetti let's say and start to see a bit like okay this is me and this is my triggers your decision making will become even better Yeah, definitely. And we had a chat the other day and you were talking about stepping into that energy of being that leader. So again, it's about, um, you know, it's, it sounds a bit woo-woo, doesn't it? But believing in yourself so that actually what you're projecting out is the confidence in what it is you do and then other people will believe in you. And until you can project that energy, it's hard for other people to accept what you're saying sometimes. To add on that, yesterday night I watched um, Kanye West, a commentary on Netflix, It was impressive. And this is not the first time I see that many of those stars like Jim Carrey, Kanye West, 
and I mean, Oprah, they knew they would become successful. But they've all done an awful lot of work on themselves in affirmations, meditations, or, you know, like picturing themselves within that success. They've done, that's what they've all got in common, isn't it? It's imp- I mean, there was one thing that it, I, I had to rewatch it several times yesterday night. Um, Kenny West, he was, I think he was 19 or 20, just moved to New York, was having his car and said, when I could not afford having a car, when I was taking the train, I was rehearsing my Grammy speech on the way to the train. I don't think he had 20 Grammys or something like that mm-hmm. now. You can you have photos of him with 20. Like him or love him, he is successful. You see? <laughs> and that's the thing. A lot of of the things with our mind are saying, like, if you believe it and you have this confidence, there's a thing about you that is going to shine through, which is so different. It's like you have days when you're off and that's the triggers and the traumas and the, maybe you're tired or maybe you're just overworked. But if you can tap into that belief of like, yeah, but daily yes. and train yourself to do that. That's why it's so important to be in a network of, you know, we do all our programs in groups because if you are with other people who are there to support you every day, to believe you're, that you're really amazing at what you're doing, like things start to change. Yeah, it's interesting how many successful people have been picturing and believing in that success years and years before it came. So we, I watched, um, they were, I can't even remember, it's the kids knew, it was a rapper and he's very successful and he did a YouTube documentary and he said, you know, he spent something like nine years in his basement basically failing, but saying, like you say, I'm going to be rehearsed to go and get that, you know, music award enemy or whatever it was. Um, and he said, one of the things you have to be in order to be successful is almost slightly delusional. So yeah. other people would look at you and go, you're delusional if you think you're going to, you know, win a Grammy, but you've got to have that self-belief that you will get there. And that put a deadline on yourself for how long it will take. Because that's what we do as humans. We put the pressure with time of like, by the end of 2022, I need to make, you know, this so much money or I need to have this many clients. What if you took away that time limit and say that you have a lifetime to, to get there, but every day you're working towards that and you trust that you're going to get there. It's yeah. going to change your life. And I think that there are certain things that you need to accept are wrong that you've grown up believing. And we teach that this to our clients all the time, like, um, you know, for example, to brag about what you can do or to be proud of your achievements or to be selfish and, you know, look after yourself and, and things like that. And we're, so if you were to grow up being like nice, as we're all taught to be, you would actually probably not end up being successful um, because, you know, you don't need to be arrogant and you don't need to step all over people, but you do need to be single-minded about where you want to get to and how you'll get there and spend the time on whatever personal development or business development you need to do to get there, definitely. Yeah, you need to get yourself into that state. And this is why it's so important to study, to integrate new practices, habits, to have a coach, a mentor, having friends who are really supportive for you to do that, to, to like basically bath yourself in that 360 every moment and like wake up and being in that all the time and believing yourself and you will have days when you don't like you I have days when I just want to be in my pajama and not talk to anyone like don't talk to me I'm gonna watch Netflix I'm just gonna you know relax but you talk about who you surround yourself with and that's such you know when I think back god when I think back to like my 20s and my you know I had a job and I was kind of thought I was working my way up the corporate ladder and I thought that was my place to be just to gradually get promoted every two or three years and earn a bit more money and then I'd go down the pub with friends and I'd get drunk at the weekend and then I'd Monday to Friday back to work and I just think the bloody years I wasted just doing that 
because I was surrounded by people who just did that and just wanted to do that. And actually, you know, if I'd known a single thing about working on your mindset and surrounding yourself with inspirational entrepreneurs and all of that, then God, I wouldn't be in a much different place today. I'd have been there a lot sooner than I am now. That's a big one. Uh, group psychology and the power of, you know, tapping into a network and masterminds and all that is such a big topic. And unfortunately, still today, a lot of people don't know how to how to do that, how to be together. Like I did my first TEDx talk was about that, how to be better together and how to understand the power of all different concepts of group dynamics. And to be honest, I, I took myself on the challenge of six months of being part of any type of accountability mastermind, like everything I found, I was just part of everything. Like, okay, anything that can boost me. And honestly, my life changed. I got my first TEDx, then I wrote my first book. I got so many great contacts, clients, like it was in, in, incredible. Yeah, I could not yeah. even imagine what would happen because I was in the right mindset, the right network, things start to just flow, introductions, new ideas, new concepts, like it was crazy. Yeah. And that's why, you know, most of the things we do are group programs, because it's not just about knowing the stuff. It's about being in an environment where you're all kind of boosting each other up, inspiring each other, being a shoulder to cry on when things go, yeah, that was shit for me as well. Oh, well, that's okay then. And then just like having that network of people who are just like you striving to do better and like boosting you along the way. It's just so important, I think. Yeah, absolutely. We do. Most of our programs are group programs, and I truly believe in the power of groups as a concept of co-elevation, because th there's one thing that I bring and Sebastian brings, which is our mentorship and our support and our coaching and our training, but the group brings so much. And the group, on, not only does it bring the actual support, but it brings a network because mm. in our, our community, our goal is to have the best thought leaders in the world being part of our, you know, our trainings, the conscious leaders are really the best, the best. So you can imagine the type of referrals network that's happening just in the group for years. Like we had, you know, we, yeah. they, when they finished after a couple of years, they're still connected. They're still doing things together. They're still supporting each other. So it's, it's amazing what can happen when you're in the right environment. Yeah, definitely. That old, it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's kind of a bit of both, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and it makes it more fun as well because you can have a bit of a laugh along the way, which is always good. Oh, you need that. <laughs> I mean, entrepreneurship is, it's a crazy ride, you know? Yeah. We, we choose not to be like, we, we have this idea and we go for it and we wake up in the morning and we kind of are our own boss and we are going for it and we're trying and we most of the time we are figuring things out because we also want to grow. So we are always, you know, challenging ourselves. So it's a, it's a wild ride, but yeah. But what I love is who knows where Get Savvy Club will be this time next year. You know, opportunities come your way. Uh, you create other opportunities and you like, join opportunities and things like that. And it's just, I love that unpredictability of it. Yeah, me too. I cannot do it otherwise. It, it's, it's a lifestyle. To be an entrepreneur, it's a lifestyle. And if you can see the, the beauty of it, and you can also kind of have an approach of it's, it's today was not a good day, but tomorrow will be. And then you get up again and you brush off mm. and... And you, you get people to really support you, then you're going to have so much fun. 
Yeah. And the funny thing is, I work for a lot of different businesses. So this isn't just one business, but the kind of ethos within corporate is um, knowledge is power. So if you're not sharing it, you will get a leg up. So there's, you know, lots of cliques, lots of like one upmanship, lots of snide. I've never found corporate to be an atmosphere where everybody's trying to boost everybody up. Whereas as soon as I came out of that and became like my own boss doing networking, I was one of the things I was really amazed at is how people who have completely different businesses and have, you know, there's nothing in it for them to help you are more than willing to give you your time, their help, um, just because it's just like a a weird, lovely environment. It's so different. Absolutely. And that's something I, I really think is great with more entrepreneurs um, being able to also start making more money with their business, make it more profitable, more sustainable, they can actually hire. So we can create new structures where teams come on with, you know, other type of values. And I love being able to have a team where we can have actual, you know, people come into our world and and feeling empowered and see that it doesn't have to be in the, this very hierarchical way. Yes. It doesn't have to be that you need to like, you know, be disconnected. There's so many other ways that we can work together. Yeah. And God, some, some large businesses have so much power, don't they? Which obviously gets abused. Whereas if we could help, you know, individual business owners to grow, then yeah. how much more power are all the entrepreneurs going to have, you know, in the yeah. country and in the world? It can only be a force for good, can't it? So anyway, two questions we ask all of our guests are, yeah. um, the first one is what makes you savvy? Because we are the Get Savvy Club. So what makes me good, what I'm, I do is that I generally care about the people that we support for them to impact more lives in a sustainable way. And I've always been a bridge. So I always been a bridge because I live in many countries. I have, I'm a very strategic person, but I'm also very much in my creativity. So I've always been a bridge in between visionaries and the actual structure. So this is what makes me unique in the way I see. I can I can see their vision. But you know, I, when I have people come into my world, they have these big ideas. I can see it, and I can bring them down to the ground and say. Okay, step number one, let's do this. So they, you know, I managed to dance in between two worlds that are so different. And for them, that's so important. Yeah, cool. Um, And the second question is to recommend a book. So like a development book, business book, something that has inspired and helped you. Well, I have to go with the book, which is a bit unusual for business, but I really loved it. It's The Surrender Experiment, Michael Singer. It is unusual. Yes, because... The thing is with entrepreneurship is that you will have a moment when you outgrow yourself. And if you want to be a mentor and not just a trainer, like see yourself as someone always growing, you have to get comfortable with the void that will happen when you don't know what you're growing into. And for me, that happened a couple of years ago when I was really training and LinkedIn training. I always knew what I was going to do. And then I had this moment of, oh, I've outgrown myself. And the surrender experiment allowed me to stay in that void of finding what's the deeper message that I want to bring to the world and what am I stepping into? And I could sit with that for months when I was just trying to embrace that. I'm not really sure the direction I want to take right now in my business. And I could grow into that. And now that allowed me, that book helped me to take the time I needed to step into the next level of who I was supposed to become. Fabulous. Thank you. It's been really good talking to you. Interesting oh, it's stuff. been a pleasure. Yeah. Great to reconnect. Anita and Anna, thank you so much. I hope that your audience got lots of value and they can take action on that. Definitely. Yeah, they will. What's the best way for them to find out more about you? So they can just find me on dariavi.com and then from there, 
we'll be able to find everything we do. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Brilliant. So it was really interesting to speak to Daria. I couldn't believe like halfway through my um, system just stopped working. And it was the worst thing because... It just paused and like wouldn't even let me switch the computer off and things. But luckily, this you won't notice because Darry and I and just kind of gave each other a bit of a look and carried on. We were very carried on like the pros. We didn't are. even mention it, so um, yeah. yeah, you might like, not even notice that Anna yeah. nipped off. Actually, you will notice because she'll have gone oh, no. quiet, so you know <laughs> she's either like fallen off her seat oh. or been cut out yeah. of the entire show, yeah. <laughs> or she's offended Pete, our producer, and he's just left her on the editing floor. Or yeah, whatever stop, yeah, didn't. We actually had a, um, I didn't want to say this before because we were using this VA until not very recently, or recently we had to let her go because she wasn't that good. And um, she helped us with some bits, Bobs, and she sometimes had to edit um, some of the um, videos that we put together. And she often used to like not have me in it and just, but I think it's because I'm a manager and sometimes I was like, oh, don't do it like this, do it like this. And I think, oh, you just, you just put in an bit in again, are you? <laughs> No, I, I was sniffing her fibres. She's sat now. <laughs> well, that's not Let why. Let lesson to the next person coming in to video edit. If you go, you don't include me. You're out of it. But yeah, you're right. I did love the Broadway show thing that she said because it is right. You know, you've got to have something to hang your hat on. You you go out, and you do all this stuff, don't you? You have your business. You want to get to a level, but at some point, you've got to start standing for something, not just being another person that does the thing that you do but actually what differentiates you and and all that so yeah i found it really interesting speaking to daria as always you can win a copy of the book i get confused with that guy but it was the surrender experiment wasn't it was the one that you mentioned so all you need to I do i tried is- to listen to that a while ago and i think we only got about halfway through um because it's one i struggled with but yeah i'll be interested if you've read it i'll be interested to know what you think of it yeah i've listened to it but there's two that they said the guy um yeah he's wrote just that one and then there's the one that's actually what what it's all kind of based on the principles of it. But the surrender experiment is more kind of. I love the concept. I just yeah. struggled with uh, his actual telling of his experience. You thought he was lying a bit, didn't you? And some of the things mm, that he's saying. I can't remember. Yeah, I just remember. I remember you I saying you, you and you and your husband were listening together, and they give an example of something. And you two were like, as if <laughs> we listen in the car. We get if we've got a long journey anywhere, we like. Got anything to talk about? No. You got anything to say? No. Let's put the book on or the podcast and we just like <laughs> zoom along listening to whatever. It's good. Love it. Because it's hard to find time to listen to stuff together. We did try once in the lounge, but that's really weird just sitting there listening to something on the sofa like next to each other going. Yeah. Oh, Even no. though back in the day, that's what you had to do with the wireless yeah. and whatnot, isn't it? Didn't I suppose that's why people options. used to do knitting and crocheting and like be more creative. Whereas, yeah, no, you don't, you just veg. Oh, You've got a on, screenshot of this picture. Oh, <laughs> you didn't interrupt, we'll get through it quicker. I sound like a teacher there, don't I? Um, your time you're wasting. Yeah, I'm here all day. doesn't bother me. No, it does bother me because I want to go and get some food as well. Um, but, yeah, screenshot the episode, um, tag us it on Instagram or wherever, any social media thing, and then you'll be up for a chance of winning a surrender experiment. And find us on Audible and give us some kind of review or rating because we haven't got any because it's all and new. It's if awful. you can find us on Audible Amazon podcast and you listen to that, you consume it, and you work out how to rate us on there, let us know also because actually it's not that simple. So maybe it's just like people don't know how to. That's why they haven't because we're rating on all the other ones, aren't we? Yeah. So yeah. and it was stuck for us. So probably yeah, come on, Audible, sort yourself out. No, we no, we need Amazon on side. Remember, mm. keep them in our back pocket. Although Podbean is our faves, obviously. <laughs> 
as I always shout us out, bless them, Podby. Yeah, so as always, we always have a question after these uh, guest experts. So I'll let you say the question, Anita. So we work with a lot of coaches who are doing all right, actually. They're making, you know, two, three grand a month. They've got all the stuff. They're getting the results. They're, you know, working with great clients and all of that. And, you know, they come into our world and we might have a chat with them and they might go, why aren't I making more money? You know, what is the block? They don't understand how they've got all the stuff. They've kind of grown their business and then suddenly it's plateaued and they're not getting further ahead than they want to be. It's actually quite obvious when we talk to them and it's the same thing with all of them. And it was the exact same thing with us when we started out and got our coach. And the problem is it's about the energy you're putting into it. And it's about stepping up to be an authority or a leader in your field versus just like another worker in your field and, and standing out from the crowd and being that person who people just want to work with or they have to work with and they'll pay whatever it is you need to pay. You're coming out with the authority and the energy and you're really stepping into who you are and the results you can get. It's about having confidence in what you offer, isn't it? You can get so far on your own and you can get so far learning everything and becoming a coach and getting results for people. But if you want to take that to the next level, then you need to really buy into yourself to, to start. If you're not bought into yourself and you're not confident with yourself, your prices and everything surrounding it, your mindset, your money mindset, you'll just revert to that same patterns. People say, don't they, that thermostat that you've got, everybody's got a different thermostat of where they're happy with their money being, but maybe it's they've got 10 grand savings in the bank and if it dips to 9,900, they panic and they get it back up to 10. But if they got it up to 12,000, they would go spend two grand on something and then it'd come back to 10. And and it's the same really in terms of um, how much you're going to earn. So maybe you had a job before and you used to have a salary and the salary was X amount. Well, maybe your coaching business now brings you in what that salary is and you feel that's where your worth is at that level and that's why you're not getting to that next level. You've not kind of taken that step. And become, yeah. Become, I know and it sounds so, really like now, nah, but you've not become a person that makes that money. Yeah. So the reason this is good news is you've got all the stuff. You don't need to create more stuff. You don't need to learn more stuff. You don't yeah, need to get more qualifications. Don't you don't yeah. need more tech or anything like that. What you now need to work on is yourself, your confidence, your energy, how you show up, how you position yourself to people and how you sell, how you close those high ticket sales. And that's something that you can easily go and get. We, you know, we did. We've stepped into it. We've had coaches. We've worked on all of that and it's working really well for us. So that's what we help our clients do now. So, yeah, it's not <laughs> it's not them. It's you. <laughs> unfortunately but it's so fixable (laughs) sorry to tell you that yeah that's us done we'll be back uh on the next episode no doubt with a quickie episode for you see you all soon chimichanga what's that mean bye i'm having for my tea chimichanga Mm. what's that is that the place you're going no it's a type of mexican food who says that chimichanga (laughs) well when you're ordering it you say it that's what i'm gonna have what is it all mexican food i i think it was a billy Connolly does this joke where he says like all mexican food is the same it's just like comes in looking different like got taco which is the same different different casing this is like a crispy burrito chimichanga there you go see it's the same thing but it's just called chimichanga chimichanga never said that word in my life Anyway, anyway, <laughs> bye. I need some chili and I think I'm going to have a spicy bean burger somewhere. <laughs> bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.